Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Naked Professors podcast. My name's Ben Bidwell, otherwise known as the Naked Professor, and I'm hosting a new roundtable conversation this month. Now, each month we try and bring a theme to the party. We try and aim to to, to connect like-minded people. And this month we've we've well we've gone quite deep. Um, we've connected three amazing women uh, who have all experienced some form of the eating disorders, which. We wanted to have at the beginning of the year and in this lockdown period because often in January there's everyone's talking about diets and they're trying to make a lot of changes and with the lockdown situation going on we're spending a lot of time online and, and, and the, there's news out and research out about people comparing themselves more more than ever to other people and that shows up particularly in, in, in our body confidence and how we think we should appear. So we wanted to bring this conversation alive. It's a difficult one, or it was a difficult one for me because it's rare that these conversations happen. Um, as Sheru says, and I'll get to who's on there in a second, but Sheru mentions that these conversations are rare, they're challenging, they're difficult, and most people want to avoid them for fear of, of what to say. There's, there's easy mistakes to make. and. Yeah, I felt that in hosting this conversation. It was difficult. You, you don't really know where people are at on their journey and you're conscious of saying the wrong thing. But my intention for this is just to show up and, and allow the conversation. To, this, this wasn't a providing a solution. This was just a conversation that we could tap into people's understandings and allow for the conversation to go naturally where it was meant to go. And that's what we did. And I was joined by three amazing women, the first of which that you'll hear from is Hope Virgo, who is an author and, and an eating disorder activist. She's still very much on her journey. She's been in this for 12 years. And of course, she's, she's, she's learned a lot and experienced a lot, but it's not yet over for her. She's still it's still something that she's working on all the time so to hear from her and to hear her experiences was very brave very admirable admirable and for me i found really powerful just to, to sit and listen to her then we had Sheru Izadi. some of you may have heard me speak with Sheru before um, i've interviewed her in past episodes but this time it's specifically around her understanding around eating disorders and Sheru comes with expertise as being a behavioral change specialist um, she's an author of two incredible books that document her learnings around her own eating disorder which was really around binge eating offering a different perspective and a different journey she went on herself but Sheru's got an amazing understanding of this and to have her there to sit alongside us and offer her guidance and her understanding and her expertise we're very fortunate and really lucky and Sheru again is incredibly raw and, and passionate and speaks very honestly about this stuff and it was beautiful and, and I'm always grateful to sit in the space with, with Sheru. I really am. She's a special person, become a very special friend. Then next, uh, an amazing superstar of a woman. And every time I get to sit in this and have a conversation with 
Zoe Hardman. Uh, I'm honoured and I just love Zoe's energy. But it's not just the fact that I love her having on the show. Um, Zoe uh, went through her own eating disorder in her early 20s after receiving criticism about her appearance having appeared on a reality TV show. And that had its impact, you know, and it, and it led her down a difficult and challenging road. But she's, again, one who wants to help people, wants to share her experiences, wants to talk about this stuff, wants to bring these conversations alive. And she's got a very public voice in, in being appearing on the, in the media through her TV and radio presenting. And um, she's just someone of real passion and energy, and she'll speak from her heart, and you'll hear that straight away. Three beautiful energies and powerful voices with stories to tell. An honor and privilege for me to sit in this space. So we start the podcast off as we always do with a check-in about how we're all feeling, but, but this time it has always got a feel about the eating disorder and, and where we're at around that and, and what, how that's showing up or not showing up depending on who's, who's sharing and it's just got a constant theme this conversation around eating disorders which makes it really specific so yeah we go into usual check-in but there's immediately sharing around the challenges of eating disorders we're going to share this conversation over three episodes and you'll hear in the final one that we reach a really interesting conclusion. I hope we take you on a journey. I hope there's a lot of education and learning. But in this episode, we're just introducing this conversation around eating disorders and how we all feel about it and where we're at. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope it brings education and understanding and compassion. And yeah, that's it from me. Over to the girls. Let's get into it. With no further ado, Zoe, Sharu and Hope. This is... A unique experience for me in recent weeks because this week I'm joined by three gorgeous women and it's, um, I, I don't know, it's a different energy straight away and I'm really excited about it. So um, Hope, Sharu, Zoe, thank you so much for, for being here. I want to jump straight in. We start each podcast by just checking in, learning how you're all feeling. Um, so I want to ask how you're feeling, but I also want to ask what, you're, what you want to bring um, to the podcast in terms of what you hope that listeners will take from you. There's no right or wrong answer in terms of what you feel and what you want to bring, but I just would love to hear from you in an open an open space. Um, hope you're sitting next to me on Zoom, so if, if you're ready to go, um, I'd love to hear from you. How are you and, and what would you like to bring? Uh, yeah, no, I'm good actually. Um, so uh, on, we're recording this on a Friday morning and on Friday mornings um, I always go for a walk up to the common um, with my other half and we get a coffee and a pastry, which has been like a lockdown tradition for the last four weeks. So obviously now it's an inbuilt tradition that we're probably going to do up until lockdown finishes, which is actually really nice and quite a nice start to the day. But yeah, apart from that, like I'm, I'm doing good, I think. Like I've over the last couple of weeks, I've had a real, I guess, a reassessment on where I'm at with things in my own recovery from an eating disorder. And I'm kind of really pushing that and challenging that much more, which at times it's not quite uncomfortable, but actually feeling really positive about it at the moment, which feels like it feels exciting, but scary. Um, but yeah, kind of looking, I guess, looking forward to the future a lot more with that as well. Um, and then what I hope people get out of kind of, yeah, I guess what I bring today is I guess for them to also maybe reassess where they're at with things, to think about what their relationship with food and exercise is like in itself, but also to bring a bit of insight into actually how you can manage that relationship yourselves, particularly if you're living on your own or you're not able to access kind of proper treatment as well. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Sheru, you're next on the hit list. Thank you. I feel good. I'm feeling good. I had a low period like right before Christmas where I was getting really fed up um, and quite just, just low and quite anxious. But actually now I've got myself into a routine that I know is in my best interest. So it's helping me enormously. 
and I'm exercising again, which just I always underestimate, but it really does wonders for my anxiety. And what would I like to bring? I would like to be able to demonstrate that it's possible to have a conversation like this without it being uh, controversial or difficult or sticky or all these things that people, you know, people seem really scared to talk to me about this sort of stuff sometimes. And I guess I'm in the, the position of having these conversations with readers and stuff all the time. So I've, I've had to learn, it's taken me ages to learn how to navigate this conversation in a way that I'm happy with. It's good to have all our different takes because I think outwardly people would probably think that we'd all had quite different experiences because of the way that this stuff manifests itself and what they can see. But actually it's very similar, I imagine, and I don't even know what we're about to talk about, but I imagine that it will be. And I hope that that gives people an understanding that allows them to have these conversations in more of a casual and uh, less scared way. Um, Zoe, how are you feeling? Yeah, I feel good. I feel good today. Today's a good day. In fact, it's been a good week. I think like the other two girls, I've I've kind of underestimated how important it is for me to exercise every single day because just mentally it keeps me focused and keeps me flowing. So I think if I stop doing that, I, I tend to kind of plummet slightly and start to get frustrated and maybe a little bit angry and a bit confused about things. And it just doesn't, it doesn't set me up well to be able to have patience with the kids and to be able to juggle very well if I don't exercise. So I've just come back from a really nice run, which is I just love the fact that I can run again because my knee is just feeling really strong. So that's a real positive. I feel balanced and kind of together today. So it's a nice, it's a nice feeling to be able to come and have this conversation. I'm excited about it. Um, I think a bit like, um, again, a, a bit like both the girls, for me, I want to be able to talk about that healthy relationship between you know, a balanced diet and, um, you know, being able to exercise, but also, um, having, allowing the freedom between the two of them so that neither of them can control your life. And I also want to be able to talk about a healthy recovery today, that that is absolutely possible because from where I was to where I am now, it feels like two different people, you know, I've I've recovered in such a, in such a brilliant way, which I'm so, I'm so like thrilled about. It's the, best thing that I've achieved in my life really aside from my kids so yeah I, I really want to talk about that in a really open way today so I'm feeling that this is yeah I, I'm feeling um I'm not nervous actually um I'm not nervous at all and, and I'm really I'm feeling in, in flow and sitting in this space you know and I'm I am ex- really excited about where it can go and I, and I feel I think part of that excitement is because for me it's stepping out of my comfort zone you know I, I know very little about this there's definitely some fear around using the wrong language saying something wrong um, not understanding people's journeys and you know getting it wrong uh, uh, and this is a, a really important subject that I know well from what I understand is particularly relevant at the moment coming into a new year um, but also with lockdown and everyone spending more and more time online and comparing themselves to everything else so I'm definitely nervous about that uh, but I'm kind of surrendering into the space that I'm owning that and just wanting to allow space and um, to just let let the conversation flow. And, and for me, this is a, a conversation. It's not a solution. It's not, um, there isn't no one size fits all in these kind of conversations. And, and even saying that, I don't know if that's necessarily right or wrong, but just to hear experiences, provide space and, and allow people to, to talk in, a, in an open way. And yeah, that excites me. You know, that, that really excites me. I think before we get into it, I just want to say to you, Ben, that there isn't right or wrong here. I think I'll probably speak from all the girls that I know how difficult and tricky it can be to have these conversations. I have them 
you know, when we talk about race or we talk about body confidence and stuff. And I'm, I'm very aware that I'm saying, am I saying the right thing? Am I using the right words? But this is like an open, safe space where you can ask any question to me. You can ask me anything. I don't know about the other girls and I, I won't take offence. In fact, I, I want to be asked those questions because I think it's really important to, to normalise it. Yeah, I definitely want to second that. I think so we shy away from talking about eating disorders because we're so scared of offending someone or triggering someone. We need to be, we need to remember that we don't need to be experts to talk about it, but it's about, yeah, like Zoe said, just having that conversation and asking those direct questions. And yeah, I think that's the most important thing now. And that's, that's exactly my intention. Um, so yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you very much. In, in, in short, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited to sit in this space. Genuinely and honestly, I think the days vary massively. Um, and I think some days I feel like I can deal with this shit. And then other days I feel like I'm falling apart. And I think a lot of it is to do with the stress of the juggle, the homeschooling behind it, the pressure of keeping the careers going, the, the hormone replacement therapy from the HRT, you know, the arguments going on with my husband, you know, good days, bad days. So I think I actually think even though this is a global pandemic, I think everybody is going through their own stuff very individually. I'm hearing a lot from my friends who are single that they're like, I'm lonely, I'm desperate to see my friends. Whereas I am desperate for some time alone because I don't even get to shut the door without a toddler going, mommy, 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 mommy. I'm like, I'm just having a wee. Just please fuck off. I don't want to see you this wee is going to take me longer than normal, so just leave me alone. So I think I think maybe it's it's kind of like you have to assess it day to day because some days are good and some days are really terrible. Yeah, I agree. And I think also what you were saying there about everybody having a different experience. I was I was doing an interview last night where they were asking me whether I thought there were any like silver linings of this period. Um, and, you know, everyone's kind of looking for the silver linings, like it's quieter or whatever. Um, and I realised that I do think that we've, we've moved into a place where people are a lot more accepting that people are going through completely different things and they're making choices based on their values that you may never understand, but that doesn't make you judge them. And that's something that I think has been really missing, but now it's totally, you're hearing it everywhere. Like whatever you need to do, you know, your family, you know, your needs, whatever you need to do, do it. I wish that had been part of our lives before that whole line. So I'm looking forward to it being that afterwards too everyone's going through things that are completely different even if the landscape of your life looks the same yeah it's, yeah agreed it's so true and, and and you know zoe's just sitting in the space you obviously we're close and, and, we, and we speak a lot and but obviously you know even us we can't we can't speak as much because for you this is such a crazy busy time with everything alive um everything on top of you all the time um whereas for me you know i spend pretty much 24 7 on my own you know and it's entirely different spectrums of the, of the, of the situation but you know, we, we don't have any, any normality. It's, um, uh, and this is kind of what I, I, I love in, in allowing this kind of space in that, you know, the normal conversation in the street, how are you? Uh, yeah, it's kind of fine. But if we allow just for space, then sort of the truth start to, to, to you know, actually come, come out. And, you know, the, the, the reality is there is a whole lot going on right now. So I uh, hope, is there anything more that you wanted? There's no, no pressure, but is there anything else that you wanted to expand that's going on for you at all at the moment? You sound in quite a comfortable space. Yeah, I, I think today I'm in a good space. Um, I think I've been in a good space for about a week, um, which <laughs> is what it, yeah, it, I'm, I think I sound quite lucky in that sense that I feel like I'm in a good space in my recovery, but also kind of mentally at the moment. But I think what I am learning and I guess what I'm trying to really, really push is those kind of boundaries in place that make me feel like that, which at times feel really uncomfortable. And 
I'm probably having really difficult, a lot of really difficult conversations with people trying to set those boundaries and being okay with that and not feeling like everyone's judging me and not feeling like if someone doesn't agree with a boundary. But I think I'm trying to just own that a bit more and like learn from it. But yeah, if you'd asked me on Monday night, I was lying in bed after dinner feeling really rubbish. I'd had a difficult meal um, quite often with my eating disorder where I'm at is if I challenge myself too much I get like a really bad bloat and it's all psychological but I'm lying in bed kind of bloating and feeling uncomfortable and I ended up just writing off the evening and actually that for me was it was really difficult because I'd been in a really good space up until that Monday kind of feeling really hopeful and really positive about recovery and on that Monday night I was like you know what I might just stay in this quasi recovery kind of state but then Tuesday morning came and I was like right gotta get back on it so I think and I think as well like what's really helped me over the last couple of weeks is just trying to be more honest with people I think I was in the run-up to Christmas definitely I was hiding a lot of stuff that was going on I wasn't really talking to anyone about it I wasn't I was just struggling to feel heard with everything and when I feel like that I go into like this ultimate fixing mode and I kind of upped all of my campaigning. I like filled my diary with random other stuff just to kind of make myself feel better, which I think it it worked. It worked in the short term, but then it kind of got to kind of just after Christmas. And I was like, right, I actually need to sit down and talk to people around me and be really honest with actually what's going on. Um, But I make it sound like it's, yeah, I've got it hacked and I definitely don't have it hacked. If you ask me tomorrow morning, I might be having a massive wobble about something else. Hope, I don't really know, but are you are you in the middle of an eating disorder? Like, whereabouts are you with your recovery? You, you talk about your recovery, but I don't actually know your sort of story. I've been in recovery for 12 years. Yeah, so, um, and probably over the last, I guess the four years ago, I relapsed. And when I came through that, I was in a very good space with things again. And then over the last year, I've definitely let things slide a little bit more. And I... I've got before Christmas, I was kind of thinking about things much more. I was being quite a lot more controlling around food and I could feel myself getting into those bad habits again and eventually ended up realising um, and actually called myself out on it at the start of January was that I felt like I turned into one of those kind of like performative people on Instagram where I was able to tell everyone what they should be doing and how to recover and how to push yourself um, and actually realised I wasn't doing a lot of it myself. So I realised, actually, I think, like, with, I guess, coming out with that, I felt very hypocritical, but also felt better for saying it and kind of trying to own it. I feel like I'm in the final stage of actually finally being totally recovered, which was something that actually I never thought was possible. And I think what clicked for me recently, um, and I don't know if you had this with your recovery at all, but when I when I first came out of hospital, I'd obviously been given like a weight to get to. And I'd always been very controlling about being around that same weight. And I felt like it was okay because I was still doing all the stuff I wanted to do, pretty much. I traveled a lot. I was campaigning, like doing all of that stuff. And I loved it. But I realized just after Christmas that I never actually felt comfortable with what I looked like. And I always tried to be controlling and stick within like this perimeter. And I realized that actually it wasn't making me that happy. And I ended up, so I moved my wedding from April to August in the hope that actually by August I will actually be able to look forward to that day without stressing about what my body will look like yeah I guess now I feel okay I feel like I think what's changed yeah is that I feel like actually I can be a heavier weight than I've ever been because actually that's going to be what my body needs and it's all about the other stuff that comes with it and I think I've just had that click shift in my head and now it's like trying to get me to that point in a safe 
and healthy way um and particularly because I don't have any treatment like any therapy at the moment or treatment or things like that so basically like I ordered a load of books the other day (laughs) that were recommended to me and I'm just like working my way through all of these workbooks to try and help that aspect so yeah that's kind of yeah that's a bit of a snapshot hope I just wanted to say that was just really for me really powerful to listen to and and just your ownership of of everything you've said there um really powerful and I you know at the very beginning you know as a coach sitting here I, I know as well as anyone that you know it's very easy to share the message you know the hard bit and Shuru, I know we've had a lot of conversations around this you know is, is actually implementing it and I believe that every coach you know whenever we're sharing any kind of message we're sharing it to ourselves as much as anyone you know and, and when we own that I think it's it's really powerful so to hear you um, because no one no one is sorted no one knows, no one's ever got it sorted and, and the more I dive into the work the more I learn you know we have conflicting needs all the time as human beings so whilst we might fit one need we might be leaving a gap in another need and and the whole journey is constantly evolving. Um, so, yeah, I, I I just really wanted to, to share that. I found that really, really powerful when you shared that. So thank you very much. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Sharu, um, I know you've. This is this is a difficult conversation to navigate, perhaps. But how, where are you on this? I think this is interesting because, um, just for anyone who doesn't know, my backstory is very much that I was binging and restricting and on diet since I was like 11 and even had like like procedures done and abused all sorts of pills and stuff like that and interestingly enough when people see pictures of me slim they assume that I'm well like if I was put on weight now after all the weight that I lost last time you know healthily and that's for a different soapbox but if people saw that I'd put on weight they would be people who know me would be concerned because they'd be like, she doesn't tend to put on weight unless she's abusing food, unless she's having, um, unless she's isolated and she's binging and um, she's hating her body. You know, she's not actually, when I'm enjoying food and when I'm feeling good, I don't fluctuate massively in my weight. That's, that's the byproduct of me not being nice to myself. For some people, it's the byproduct of them loving food. <laughs> and so that's great. But you don't know what the man, when you look at someone, you don't know what it's a byproduct of. So I've been a size eight 
and been applauded, massively applauded. And then I've been a size 16 and I've known full well that at that size, it was a bit, you know, it didn't feel comfortable for me quite. I know I'm meant to be like a size 13, I always say. But the fact is, I was far more malnourished. I mean, I was I was in a really bad way when I was a size eight, and yet everyone was absolutely applauding me. So it's so interesting that all of us are coming at this and saying, look, externally, no one's got a fucking clue. The things that people compliment me on tend, or have done in the past tend to be indicative of me being really controlling or obsessive or all these other themes that we're all familiar with. It's just in my case, it came, it also came with, you know, growing up overweight and all the stuff that comes with that and the bullying and the, you know, the being told everywhere that being big is bad. And now we're supposed to turn on a dime. And like even hearing Zoe say, I get, you know, it's we're getting a really hard time for being slim. It's like, well, the world's gone mad then because my whole life I've been given a hard time for not being, <laughs> for not being slim. It's like, you can't, and we all expected that we, or maybe there's this expectation that we've been, able to turn on a dime and all of a sudden because we have more information and we understand context that all of us who've been who have these ingrained behaviors and core beliefs and self-limiting beliefs about our body are supposed to just get on board now and I think that a lot of people are like whoa 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 there's a lot of unlearning that has to take place before we're all on board with this Um, you can't just pump us full of diet shit our entire lives and tell us we're supposed to look a certain way and now we're not allowed to have a conversation about it and pretend it never happened it's bullshit. And, and what is that certain way that we're supposed to look as well? Yeah, no, 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 exactly. Like, you tell me because there is no, yeah. there's no correct way anymore, especially for women. In fact, I mean, it's, it's women. women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is women. Um, is this is this at the crux of, of, of all of it then? Am I missing anything, or is it is it the crux of, of appearance, um, or is there more to it as well? Well, there's also you get shamed if you're eating a certain way. So there's also people who, you know, I've got friends who are really into nutrition and they'll be saying really valid stuff about nutrition and people will be like, stop pushing diet stuff. And they're like, okay, fair enough. I'm happy to listen to that. Explain your story. But in the first instance, I'm, I'm, we all have to eat something, right? And so I get that they're trying to navigate it as well and they get loads of shit. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but... I, th- I think it's really interesting to look at that and that question, Ben. There about um, you know, is this just about the way that the way that we look, or is this just about is this just about women? I think if you go back centuries and centuries and centuries, the way that women have been portrayed by, and this isn't me man bashing men bashing here because I love men, um, but 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 it has been a struggle for us, and we have had to fight really hard for various things and we've been treated really badly in the past and our roles as women were just to be at home bearing children um you know uh, raising children and then there would be a new wife who would raise children but sorry bear children raise children so I think like you know and you look at sort of 1800s we were just there to look beautiful to find a nice husband to have children like it's been it's been a big focus on how we've looked how we've behaved what our roles are in life and actually even though we are you know so far ahead of that now we're still fighting for equality we're still fighting to be treated the same way but it goes back to inherent behaviors that we are taught by our parents, the way, the, the words, the vocab, you know, the things that we were told as a child, you know, I'm very aware now raising girls not to comment on how pretty, I don't, I just genuinely try and stay away from pretty, beautiful, 
you know, sort of that sort of language. And when I talk to Luna and Isla, I tell them they are clever and funny and smart and, you know, they can have an amazing career. And I'm just really, really, really conscious that I don't focus on how they look because it was done to me as a child. My mum was a model and she was obsessed with how she looked and was very resentful of getting older and still is and never talks about her age. And I grew up with that, like, be beautiful, be beautiful. You're pretty. Oh, my pretty daughter, my stunning daughter. And she still does it to me now. And I'm like, stop focusing on how I look. I've done so much more than that. And it made me really angry because actually that was at the crutch of my eating disorder was that I never felt pretty enough or skinny enough or whatever enough for her she would put all of and I love my mum and I it's taken me quite a long time to get to this point to say it but she did a lot of damage yeah and I think a lot of people do and you see it I mean when you put yourself in their position like that sort of Jane Fonda generation where the harms of these sorts of behaviors I don't think were nearly nearly as evident to them they had no idea. Like I have so many people come in, um, coaching clients who'll, who'll say like, I don't want my daughter to do, I don't want to do to my daughter what my mom's done, done to me. And it isn't a blame game. They didn't, they didn't know any better. Um, but it's extraordinary how many, um, undiagnosed eating disorders there are in the generation above ours, I think. Um, and how normalized it became to be like, Oh, you're, your child is overweight or there's something about the aesthetic of your child which is concerning let's do something about it um i had the same thing i was always told but you have such a pretty face and actually it would it would come up when i had achieved something it would be like oh you know that's really good mark you got imagine if you were slim as well oh god you know fucking hell that's cultural too i have to say like in the middle east not that i grew up in the middle east i was in london but if there is an element of that as well. And I say that because it's not, it's not their fault. It's absolutely not their fault. And I think people who've done the work and you do the therapy and whatever else, this is the tip of the iceberg. And so if anyone's listening to this thinking, I don't think I could, you know, talk about my parents and the impact that they had on me like this. I think it's important to kind of know that by the time you get to the stage, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Zoe, but by the time you get to the stage where you're talking about it in this way with compassion, but an understanding that they've caused this, it takes a lot of work. So don't think there's a lot of yeah, therapy. Yeah. A lot, a lot of defending your parents <laughs> yeah. at every cost and pushing back against therapists and, until eventually you realize that it might not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. So you need to know where it came from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think I do agree with the, like the appearance aspect and all of that is, is a, it has a role to play. Cause I do think in society, we've completely normalized this kind of eating disorder culture where we, focus so much on people's yeah appearance we talk about how little food we're eating I know whenever I go out with people for dinner they're always like oh I can eat more tonight because I haven't eaten today and like all of these little comments are really fueling that but I do also think it goes it goes so much deeper than that and I guess for me like it's really important to remember that eating disorders aren't just about body image actually like there's so much more to it than that and I know for me it it was a coping mechanism to life um I grew up in quite a dysfunctional family and really struggled with emotions and trying to fix everyone and then on top of that got sexually abused for about eight nine months and actually when that finished I wasn't able to talk about it and so the food and the restriction and the over exercise was a way of kind of shutting down all of that trauma and a way to kind of navigate that I guess and even when I relapsed kind of four or five years ago the, the reason I relapsed was because I lost my gran. And so every time for me, something's happened, 
And I think what makes it harder is when you're in, for me, when I'm being in recovery from anorexia, it's like you're going against, that's when the appearance stuff comes in because you're going against society by putting on weight, by eating more, by not being involved in dieting. So I think, yeah, I think the body image and appearance does play a role, but I do, yeah, I think nowadays it's it's much more complicated than that. And if we deal with all of the underlying trauma and the issues, and whether that's trauma from what our parents have said to us or how they've made us feel, actually we need to get rid of that trauma. And then I think you can then start to, I guess, step into your recovery and start to own it. And then you can then tackle all of the other issues as well. So there we go. Um, the scene has been set. Uh, maybe it had a slightly different feel, this one. You know, we didn't quite go into the depths of our emotions, or we didn't to begin with, but naturally we did. And I was really grateful actually for Zoe and, and kind of bringing it back because I, I always want true emotion on this podcast. And I felt like we went through the emotions a little bit, you know, and that was my fault because I didn't really allow the space. I didn't create the space for us to go into our emotions. And then it was interesting because I, you know, I said, guys, that was a quick check-in. And then Zoe was like, oh, okay, well, hang on a minute. This is really where I'm at. And then we went into it and it was so interesting, wasn't it? Because what Zoe shared, having had that bit of conversation, was much deeper than, than, than what it was originally. So I'm really grateful that we, we created that space and we went that little bit deeper into here, really how the, how the team were. Um, and yeah, to lay the foundations and you started to hear some of the stories and some of the experiences of, of where, the, where the women are at um, and what's going to unravel in the rest of this conversation because there's a lot of powerful, powerful sharing. And really, it's my honour to just sit in the space and allow this conversation to flow. Scary, um, scary, but I think we've set the intention. You know, we sat in the space and we said, I definitely said, I don't know the answers to this and I don't know if I'm going to say the right or wrong thing, but I want to have the conversation. And that's where we're at. That safe space has been created and from here on in, we, we really get into it. So thank you for listening to this first one. I hope it's opened your eyes a little bit and, and you're intrigued to go on. Um, any support is really welcome uh, any subscribing, sharing reviews, whatever you can do to help us support these conversations would be amazing so thank you for any, anything for that um, The Naked Professor's podcast is on Instagram, I'm The Naked Professor on Instagram, I'll be sharing about this and trying to bring conversation around it so if you've got anything to add then you're welcome to join me there, but otherwise thank you very much for listening, grateful for your support I uh, hope lockdown is going okay for you and uh, we hope to see you next week for some more insights around eating disorders So thank you and goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 